0: Welcome to episode number 21 of the Become a Media Maven podcast, and today I am so excited to have my friend Natalie Gingrich on. She is like a master at everything project manager. She helped me hire my first project manager. She helped me realize that I needed one. And then she helped me hire my first one with all of her amazing advice, which you are about to hear. And she also trains people and helps people become project managers as well. So let me tell you. You are going to get expertise from all sides of project management on this podcast episode today. Before we go on, I want to make sure that you know I will love you forever if you tap that subscribe button and leave me a rating or a review. I publish new podcast episodes every single Tuesday, and if you tap that subscribe button, they will automatically download for you. And if you leave me a rating or a review while you're subscribing to my podcast, then that tells Apple that you are liking what you are hearing and they will move me up in the search and I will be grateful for you for eternity. Thank you so much for showing me some podcast love. And now let's get to project management love with Natalie Gingrich. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor, Christina Nicholson, shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Thank you so much for being on the Become a Media Maven podcast, Natalie.
1: Hello, hello, Christina.
0: And I really wanted to have you on. Because you are the reason that I now have a project manager in my business.
1: I know you can't see me, but my hands are in the, my hands are in the air, way <laughs> from side to side. <laughs> I love that. I know that we spend a little bit of time together at the Boss Mom Retreat, and this is the same thing that lots of people talk to me about, so I'm glad I was helpful.
0: Yeah, and I knew I needed help. And I had a big list of things that I did that I didn't want to do anymore, and I kept going back and forth with, well, do I get an assistant or do I get a project manager? And what's the difference? And it has just been like a huge weight off of my shoulders having the project manager, her name's Robin, that I have now. So I really wanted to bring you on to talk about what a project manager is, what they do, how you can be your own project manager, and then when it's time to hire somebody else, how to hire somebody else, or even if you wanna be a project manager. So everything project management, I'm going to selfishly just ask you all of my questions.
1: Awesome, I'm here for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, first start off by just telling me, how do you know when you need a project manager, or even what, what, what is it? And how do you know when you need one?
1: So the I'm gonna start with when you know that you need one the it's really an emotional thing. I know it sounds very unstrategic to bring it up in that light, but I hear the words and the phrases all the time of of course overwhelm, which goes without saying in entrepreneurship, everyone's overwhelmed. But you hear the terms or the key phrases of I'm juggling way too many balls, things are falling through the cracks, I don't I don't feel good. I I'm contemplating not doing this anymore because I feel so bogged down and in the weeds. So those are all really good indicators that you're growing. So on the positive side, you're growing, you're making changes, you're, you're, it's time to scale. And when you get ready to scale, you always scale through people. You're not scaling through passive products or anything like that. At this point, you need to start looking at people. And so you know, I believe your first hire is almost always an assistant. It's always that person to take over some of the lower hanging fruit that you are doing that aren't really serving you as the business owner and the leader um, and eventually the visionary of your company. So I love making sure that assistants get the glory that they need because they truly do take off some of the weight that you're feeling that get you out of that, you know, conundrum and that hamster wheel, if you, if you will. And, um, so that's usually the first hire, but once things scale a little bit further, you're starting to make some consistent revenue. You're feeling really good about what you're doing and you're positioned well Now it's time to expand. The way you're going to expand is by bringing on a little bit higher level operational or administrative type role, which is what I consider either a director of operations or a, some people call them an integrator. If you read the the book Rocket Fuel, Um, but ultimately they all come back to project management and project managing skills, which I believe lots of people have. You don't have to be a certified project manager to be able to help somebody in their business. And you don't need that certification to move forward. So that is kind of the feeling that you're having as the business owner, like I'm ready to, to, to throw the towel, wave the red flag and say, I need somebody here to help me to be strategic. So that's the differentiator of a project manager versus an assistant. You're getting a little bit more of that strategic mindset, that strategic assistance. So now it's more of a right hand person. In the corporate space, you would call this like a chief operating officer. But in our space, which is a small business space, maybe for sure entrepreneurship, but also just a micro business. Many of us are just one or two people. Um, You're not needing a COO. You're really needing someone that can really assist you with the strategy. And then biggest thing of all, the implementation, which is what you are sick and tired of doing by the time this person's coming into your life.
0: Yes, the implementation. Okay, that's perfect. I want you to touch on something that you said, which is you always scale through people. Because I know for me the biggest breakthrough in my business and when it really started growing, and it's funny because I feel like a lot of small business owners are so afraid to spend money and they're so afraid to bring somebody else on because then you got to pay somebody and then you got to spend time training them and this and that. But I can honestly say when i started spending money on people even though i was giving some of that money away i got it all back and more so quickly because it was strategic so scaling through people talk more about that and if you deal a lot with people who are just afraid of letting things go and letting go of control while letting go of money too because they're paying somebody
1: Yes. Oh my goodness, Christina. These are real. I mean, these are real issues that people talk to me and come to me with all the time. But scaling, first of all, scaling is from a project management perspective, scaling is always through people. And I say this all the time, because in the online space, and in this entrepreneurial world, we hear the word scaling and we automatically go to I'm going to scale by maybe your service based business. And now you're going to scale by bringing on a group program or scale by creating a course or something passive like that. Indeed, you're making it's another channel, but that is not scaling. Scaling is always using human capital to make your life easier, to make the business run with more ease. So, um, I think it's just a hangup I have cause nobody else has this, but you're always going to scale through people. Anytime you're going to scale, when you're feeling that itch to grow, to expand, to make life easier, to save yourself some time, it's going to be through scaling. Scaling always equates to, to greater overhead and more expense going out. But just like you said, you do get it back. You've got to be strategic about it. And I often think instead of going straight to the course model or straight to a group program or something that's going to take a lot of marketing from you, always start with people because the return is so much greater and more dependable than if you're creating a product that you don't know. um, You don't know that You can't predict the success of the product. And so with people... If you're invested in that person, you're going to get your return really, really quick, allowing you to scale a lot faster.
0: Okay. So tell me how, I guess, step one, before you're really ready to scale, you have to be your own project manager, right? That comes first?
1: Yes, for sure. As soon as you start a business, and I know a lot of us just innately do this. um, Well, I should say, assuming that... A big time visionary doesn't necessarily break things down like this, but you know, think about it in the normal sense of like managing your home and managing your children's schedule. You've got a calendar. Most of us have a calendar in our home that says, this is what we're doing on Monday. This is what we're doing on the 15th. This is the commitment or the the football or baseball or basketball game that we have on the weekend. So we're using that template as a guideline for what we're going to do on a day-to-day basis. So if you're going to do that for your own business, it does look like the project manager of your own business. They say that if you don't have a project manager, you are the project manager for your business. And what that really means is trying to keep all the, the wheels on the track. And you're looking at all the things, all the balls that are up in the air, and you're saying, okay, for me to execute this, I'm going to have to break this down into X, Y, Z, just like recording this podcast. There are, you know, a plethora of steps that go into to making sure that I'm confirmed, making sure that you have the headshot, the bio that Skype is working, that I'm on Skype when you show up. So there's a bunch of different steps that go in this and it looks seamless on the outside, but ever behind every single person's business, there are multiple projects that are broken down into small tasks. And if you're the project manager of, that, of your own business, which most of us are, then you are going to be making sure that each of those deadlines get met, first of all, that you set deadlines, <laughs> second of all, that they get met, or you delegate them to somebody else who can help you, maybe an independent contractor or an assistant that's helping you for, you know, 5, 10, 20 hours a week, whatever that may be. So you're making sure things get um, set up, deadlines get hit. And you're outsourcing them to people who can help you, who have a better expertise or more time than you do.
0: And when we met and we had dinner, I was telling you that I needed help. I was like, I have a team of publicists who are great, who help with my agency clients, but I am either the middleman in too much, or I'm just so consumed With client work and my team's work that I'm having a hard time actually working on my business because I'm too much in it. And I said, I either need an assistant or a project manager, and I don't know which one. And I was kind of telling you the things that I did that I didn't want to do anymore, and we kept going back and forth between assistant and project manager. And I said, ideally, I would like somebody who had media experience, who actually knew Um, just the insides of the industry so when they were managing my team and working with clients that they actually knew what they were talking about they weren't just coming from you know a place of authority and so we decided that I needed a project manager for that and I put um, a post out on Facebook asking for referrals and the person who actually responded to me I never even thought of her. I don't know why. She's a friend of mine who has media experience, has PR experience, and I never even thought of her, and she sent me a message, and she was like, hey, if you're interested, I could help you out with this. And I'm like, oh my God, you would be perfect. (laughs) So I could tell you why she's perfect and she's working out well, but I want you to tell me the kinds of things a project manager would do or the kind of qualities that they should have to be successful.
1: Awesome. I love that you looked within your own community because truly a project manager to a project manager actually manages projects. But if you can find someone like the icing on the cake is if you can find someone with that skill set that understands the business that you're in, it's just going to be a much smoother, faster ROI, but a smoother transition overall. And then for you, when we were talking, you already have these publicists that are already doing the they're doing the hard work, they're doing the good work for you. And by bringing this project, the reason I suggested a project manager was this person now can come in and be that middle layer between the publicist and you and still allow you to get out there and share your visions, share your mission, be able to be on more stages, be able to do the things that allow you to connect and convert. I, I say that when you're finally in the CEO or or even a visionary status, You are creating content, you're converting people into sales, and um, creating relationships. So that's when you're at your prime. But to do that, you cannot be doing all the things behind the scenes. And so I really thought that a project manager could come in, you could offload your ideas to this person, they could then turn around utilizing the team help them to implement your ideas. So you're out of that phase. Now we're just going back to you. I'm saying we're like, as if I'm your project manager, but that's
0: okay, I like it.
1: We can go back to you and say, hey, Christina, this is what's going on. This is project A, here's the status. Here's where we need help. Project B, we haven't started. Project C, I'm gonna hand it over to this person. But when you bring that project manager in, not only are you getting, removing yourself one little bit, you're also having someone come in who can lead other people. So some of the greatest skill sets i see for people who come into this operational right hand role are attention to detail, the ability to break things down, candor is absolutely huge. You've got to be able to feel very supported. You as the CEO need to be need to feel very supported. And so that person having candor and professionalism I mean, they don't have to be stiff, right? This is not corporate. That's one of the beauties of why we're doing this is we're kind of out of that space, but you want to have just an open relationship where I can go to you, Christina and say, you know what? That's a really good idea. We have no bandwidth or you know what, Christina, that's a great idea. We need to be able to add to, you know, contractors if we're going to pull that off in this time frame. And if you're really submissive and, um, not able to be super candid you're going to find yourself in situations where you're overpromising and it's going to come back on you as the project manager so when i'm looking for people to train in the in this space i'm looking for attention to detail candor the ability to break things down very um the ability to break things down and also team leadership is huge because one of the greatest biggest assets for you is stepping out of that managerial role and really stepping into leadership. And you're leaving that managerial space to this person who's really gifted with human interaction and human resources and guidance, mentorship, leadership. And you now get to be that true visionary. So this is all a really big sign of growth for your company. And you're right. You will see, you will see the, you will watch people around you who are supported like this, who just seem to be able to do all the things. And it's, it, they are not necessarily doing all the things, but they have a team, highly functioning team, who's able to get just so much more done.
0: Okay, awesome. And I want to take a second to play a Vox um, because I asked my project manager, I said, oh, I'm talking to Natalie. She's like the project manager expert. Do you have any questions for her? And she just <laughs> got back to me, so I'm going to play it. And I'm going to okay. see if she has any questions for you. Awesome. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> I mean, the only thing offhand
1: that I would think of, a question offhand that came off right off the top of my head is, as a project manager coming into a new business, how do you know how much authority you have? Is that something you discuss with the business owner or is that something you
0: just automatically assume because you are now the project manager? Okay, that's a good question. I'll repeat it because it was on Vox, so it might have been a little muffled. Um, And this is actually something that we've talked about. She wants to know how much authority she has as a project manager. Is that something I tell her or is that something she just kind of assumes in a role she takes on as a project manager? Because when I brought her on, I'll give you a little – a little Mm -hmm. insight. When I brought her on, I was like, I want you to manage my team. I want you to make sure my team is doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I want to make sure the clients are happy. This is the goal for the team. These are the media hits. These are the weekly updates that need to go out um, at the end of every month. These are the reports we need to create. I basically just want to make sure that she is on the team doing what they're supposed to be doing and that the client is happy. And So she has asked me a couple of times, well, how much do you want me to push? How much do you want me to say? So can you answer her question as far as how much authority she has as a project manager?
1: I love this. So (laughs) playing off exactly what I just went over, that leadership, that innate leadership has to be there. And it sounds like you found yourself a gem, by the way. I can just tell with her. I
0: totally do.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, So it's always a delicate balance when you're coming into a functioning, already existing team. The biggest key is to make sure that Christina, the boss, the leader, the visionary, goes to the team first and really introduces her in a supportive way. So this is now, you're like a, you're a collaboration. You and this person, you and the project manager are a team right? You are the leadership team. And I always guide my clients to make sure that they introduce them in that exact same light. So it doesn't diminish anybody else's role on the team. It really gives the the other people on the team the ability to communicate with somebody who understands them, who has time for them, who's really good at supporting them. And the authority Will hundred percent come from the leader, so it's really up to the leader to set that stage of how much space you're going to give them. I always want the project manager to have the authority to be supported in any decisions that he or she is going to make, and you know, just like just like the example that you just gave, you go back to that leader and you say, okay, like this isn't happening. Are you ready for me to do this? (laughs) And I have to do that quite often with you know independent contractors and things that are just either going wrong in a project or things that I'm like, eh, I don't really know if this is the best way to do this anymore. So process improvements are going to be, you know, you want them to feel like leaders so that they can come in and really make the process improvements that you need without you having to be a part of the minutia.
0: Exactly. And I told her, I said, the reason I brought you on two reasons, one, I don't want to be stressed. So you can be Mm -hmm. stressed for me. Mm -hmm. And two, I basically, if I disappeared tomorrow for a week, everything would still go off without a hitch. No problems. It was like I never left. Like mm-hmm. that's why I put her in place. And she's doing an amazing job. And it sounds like so far we're doing everything right, according to you, the project manager master. So this is good to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I do have one other question, another selfish question. So she started out slowly, just five hours a week. Um And uh, as the business grows, she'll slowly be getting more and more. Um, But how does that work? What do you suggest as far as starting somebody out and giving them more work? And as far as what to give them, part two of the question, what I did not too long ago was I literally made a list of every single thing that I did in my business. And I said, okay, what am I good at? What can only I do? And then what can I outsource? And the goal is really to try to outsource as much of it as you can. Um, Mm -hmm. So talk about hours worked and then specifically how to determine what you give the project manager.
1: I fully believe that the hours worked, I, I encourage everybody in this role, in the integrator or operations role, to come in from a retainer perspective. And of course, I mean, retainers are retainers, but you, and, and I know we calculate dollars so quickly when we're asked about how many hours, but honestly, you're there to be this person's right hand. And at first you're not going to know how many hours this is going to take. So I really encourage people to come in with, you know, 30 days, get to understand the person, talk to them, um, at the cadence that feels right, which most of the time is once a week when I'm onboarding with a client, we'll probably get together you know, two times for the first two weeks, just so that they can brain dump on me and get everything that's going on. Because, you know, there's a lot behind every single website, right? There's a lot behind every single business. So I will spend about, you know, I would say four to six hours in those first two weeks, just kind of understanding what it is that, that they have, what makes them unique. And then their personality. That is the biggest piece, (laughs) truly understanding the person's personality so that I know how to represent them. I know their tolerance. I know their thresholds. I know what what lights them up and what frustrates them because that's really, I have got to be super intuitive for the leader so that I can execute their vision in the best way possible. So I highly encourage a retainer, um, a retainer framework. But most people in the businesses under seven figures in, in revenue, we're really looking at 10 to 15 hours a week when they're really optimized. And that will definitely allow you to step into a full leadership role and have this person running most of the things without
0: you. Okay. Awesome. Good to know. And then anything specific um, as far as like making a list of things to do that a project manager would do? Um Like we talked about the difference between an assistant and a project manager. Like I was having Mm -hmm. her do some blog post work for me. And then I said, you know what? I don't want you to do this because I feel like this is um, something that can easily be done by somebody else. Instead, I want you to focus on um, making sure the agency is basically running well and in Mm -hmm. a good spot to grow and to grow like without any hiccups.
1: So when you're bringing this person on, the first thing I – believe is transferring that knowledge that you have of your business or industry knowledge if the person doesn't have that experience. But after you do that, it's really building relationship with the team. Even if these are not employees, even if these are all independent contractors, which is the framework that most of us are going to be on that are listening to this podcast. It's important for this person to start doing one-to-one meetings or at least team meetings with the full team so that they can understand how this person, he or she works as well. Cause now they're not only just managing your expectations, they're now managing this project manager's expectations too. So having them come in and build that personal relationship with each and every person, even if these people are 10 hours a month, like you're gonna want to make sure that they feel comfortable there as, as well. Next thing is strategy. So I want, to fully, I want the project manager to come in to meet with the leader and cast that strategy even if it's three to six months what are you doing what are the biggest um, milestones what would be the biggest wins for you because that's how me as a project manager being slightly analytical is going to value myself and know my place in your business and when i can come back and make sure that you're getting wins on behalf of me i'm gonna feel like i'm in my zone and i'm thriving and so knowing what your strategic horizon or your strategic planning looks like Four, three, six, 3, 6, maybe 12, depending on the development of your business, is really key. And then from there, once you know what's important to Christina as the leader, I will know how to, how to prioritize the different projects. Because if you're like me and everybody else that I've supported, we're not working on just one thing at a time, right? We're working on multiple things. And so I want to make sure that I can help you as your right hand, move through these things a lot more quickly and, um, delegate. One of the biggest roles of the project manager is to delegate. You mentioned, you know, you're Robin, I believe doing some of the content and, and helping you with on that side, you know, a project manager is best used to set up the framework or the workflow or the process, whatever you want to call it. So to set up the system and then utilize people around her or outsource to make sure that we're getting people with copywriting experience or journalism background or whatever that may be for you. Um, We want to make sure that the project manager is leading the project. And sometimes we have to jump in and do some of the things like that's, that's okay, but it's best. The more we develop, the more we can invest in our team to get experts in here underneath that project manager.
0: Okay. Awesome. Now, what if somebody Wants to actually be a project manager. Like they enjoy this role. What do they do if that's like what they want to do in life?
1: Yes, when you want to grow up, you want to be a project manager.
0: <laughs> How do they do that?
1: Awesome. Well, I have, so I've got 15 years of experience in corporate America. I have gone through all the certifications for project management. And as I stepped into this role on my own and found just a huge need in this small business space. I was looking around and I'm thinking this whole like I didn't know virtual assistants or even I didn't even know that was like a profession when I was in corporate. So when I stepped out, I thought, wow, these are there are so many men and women, mostly women that have this great administrative skill set. And so and it's not just virtual assistants. I mean, I'm seeing nurses, teachers, Former executives from businesses who have this skill set. So I am in turn collecting those people, showing them a path and an economy by using the, the skill sets that they already have. And a lot of those are project management, detail orientation. Organization, productivity, leadership—a big one that I've already hit on a couple times. But I am now certifying these these gals. Everybody I've had so far is a lady, so I could say that. Um, I'm training and certifying them to become a director of operations. That is helping them to hone their human resources, or you know, human capital, whatever you want to call it. it sounds so boring when we say human resources. It
0: does <laughs> sound, it sounds so boring.
1: So corporate too. My- <laughs> But really the director of operations certification has three main components, human resources and leadership, project management, and the financial piece. Because when you're truly operating as the director of operations, you're going to be able to have a peek underneath the hood of what is really going on in the business. For me to be able to support you, help you, guide you, I'm going to need to know what's profitable, what's not profitable for me to help you contain cost. I need to be, you know, I'll, I'll need to at least have a good understanding of what your financial situation looks like. And so those are all, I mean, analytical detail orientation, project management, that is the person that should see this and say, Hmm, I want to do that one day because it really comes natural to so many people.
0: Okay. And then if people want to do that, if they want that certification, do you provide that for them? I sure do. Okay. So where should we go? I'll put it in the show notes, but tell us now.
1: Awesome. If you go to Gingrich.com forward slash certify, you will um, find lots of information there. I'm running another program here in February. So it's a 10 week program. We meet every single week and the people who have gone through it have just had phenomenal results. We have almost double, I hate to make any income claims, but every single person has been able to attract more and more clients and I believe everyone has doubled, if not tripled, what they were making. These are all high level individuals. These are people who have experience. There is criteria. Since it is a certification, we had to put some, you know, barriers and boundaries on it. So I'm making sure that you've got some assessments before you get into the program and ultimately that you can be successful.
0: That is awesome. Thank you, Natalie.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything
0: else you want to add about this amazingness of project management that I probably waited too long to jump on that we did <laughs> not discuss?
1: <laughs> you know, it's hard thinking back to some of the things that we talked about earlier in the interview. It is so hard to let go of the cash flow because we're so fearful, right? And we are we're fearful of not hiring the right person or not knowing exactly what to do. So I, I fully get put, putting this off and putting this off because it's, it's a scary step, but it's one that once you take it, everybody comes back and says, oh my goodness, I wish I would've done this sooner.
0: Everybody says that.
1: Yep, they do. Yep, one last thing, the um, if you are interested in becoming a director of operations and having that certification, definitely come over. I wanna make sure that I get on the phone with every single person to make sure that you're a good fit. And the greatest perk is that we are going to, in 2019, we're setting up an exchange where business owners like you, Christina, or any of the other listeners out there, if you're in need of finding somebody that's already trained that you're not going to have to spend a whole lot of time, you may have to train them in your content and your industry, but these gals are going to already be trained in the actual director of operations role. So we'll be setting up an exchange where you can come in, you can apply literally like a job board and you'll be matched with somebody who already comes in, comes ready with the skill set. So I'm super excited for that in
0: 2019. That is genius. And that is like something that anybody who's feeling overwhelmed and isn't liking their business anymore because they're too busy should freaking jump on
1: <laughs> Yes,
0: because that is like the best referral that you could get. And a project manager, let me tell you, will take such a weight off your shoulders and just make you feel like, you have so much more time in the day to actually focus on what you want to focus on instead of what you have to focus on. So that is awesome. Thank you, Natalie.
1: Thank you so much, Christina.
0: I loved recording this episode with Natalie because we actually recorded it after I brought on my project manager, as you heard, and she validated everything that I did, which was I mean, I guess it makes sense because I did it all after she told me what to do. So I just pretty much did what she said. And it is working wonderfully. So make sure you check out the show notes for this episode because I include everything that we talked about. And if you want to be a guest on my podcast or if you have an idea for a guest on the podcast, please send me an email. You can reach me at christina at com. And also let me know what else you want to hear. And if you have any questions for me, one of my good friends, one of my best friends in the world, she was a bridesmaid at my wedding. Her name is Mandy. Hello, Mandy. She called me one day and she was asking me all these questions and she said, you know what? I think we should do a podcast episode where I just ask you a bunch of questions because I have a bunch of questions for you and I'm sure a bunch of other people do too. So if you have questions for me, shoot them my way and Mandy will ask them. It's Christina at Media Maven and more. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Natalie Gingrich. Next week, we're going to talk about writing for Forbes magazine.